Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 7, Working with Others, on the top of page 96. We will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph only on page 96, which begins with, Do not be discouraged if your prospect, and ends with, Of their chance. Today's readers are Mary Agnes Y., Reggie O., Lauren N., Phil M., and Sandy C. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, November 1st, 2021, are 18,009 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 18009. And 18,011 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 18011. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Mary Agnes Y. to read the OA 12 steps. Uh, Good morning. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, 
made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you, Mary Agnes Wise. I will now ask Reggie O. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Thank you, Rebecca, and thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Reggie O. I'm gratefully recovered here in Texas, and these are the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and uh, have a beautiful day, everybody. Thank you, Reggio. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. 
to share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph only on page 96, which begins with, do not be discouraged if your prospect and ends with, of their chance. I will now ask Lauren N. to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. Lauren N., compulsive operator from New York. Do not be discouraged if your prospect does not respond at once. Search out another alcoholic and try again. You are sure to find someone desperate enough to accept with eagerness what you offer. We find it a waste of time to keep chasing a man who cannot or will not work with you. If you leave such a person alone, he may soon become convinced that he cannot recover by himself. To spend too much time on any one situation is to, not, to deny some other alcoholic an opportunity to live and be happy. One of our fellowship failed entirely with his first half dozen prospects. He often says that if he had continued to work on them, he might have deprived many others who have since recovered of their chance. Thank you all for letting me be of service and read that. How many times I have tried to hold on to my protege, my sponsee, and realize today I no longer can make anybody do it more than anybody could make me do this. All I keep thinking about is how can I be most of service to them? I am available as much as I can be, and I am able to give them what I can, but all I can give them is what I've been given by my sponsor, which is how incredible this recovery is. How incredible when I did the work, I was able to get the freedom. And the freedom is so beyond my belief, beyond my wildest dreams. The grace and the, the compassion I have for all in this program is nothing that I, or all, all who struggle with this disease is nothing that I could have imagined. I never knew how bad it was until I started working with others because I see myself in every single person I work with. And I'm so grateful that I'm able to give back something 
to someone who struggles as I did. For a long time, I used to take it personally when someone didn't make it. But thank God today I go on and realize that they're just not ready. And if I lay off, maybe they'll come back at some point. And if I just plant a seed, then the next time the seed might grow. I know for me, that's the way it was. I left many a time and I changed sponsors so many times until I found this program and came in on my knees the last time. And I pray to God I never go out to find, to do more research because boy, will that research kill me. And thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Lauren N. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you haven't shared on A Vision for You on Friday or Monday and would like to share on just that first paragraph on page 96 in the big book, do not be discouraged if your process through of their chance, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Ivan B. Nancy P. M. This is Larry T. Rick J. Okay, so I missed some people, but I'll tell you who I heard. I heard Irene B., Charles H., there was someone after Charles, then Larry K. and Rick J. Who was in between Charles and It was and Nancy P. Nancy. Susie L. Is there someone else? Phil M. Susie L. Uh, and uh, Phil M. Okay, was there anyone else I missed? Okay, here's who I heard. And this is the order, which might not have been the order. Irene B., Charles H., Nancy P., Larry K., Rick J., Susie L., I think, and Phil M. So go ahead, Irene B. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Irene B., a very grateful recovered bulimic from Louisiana. Um, I really love yesterday's and today's paragraph because... um, because it provides freedom, it takes the pressure off. But I'm going to speak from my experience with my sponsor. Um, what a gift my sponsor has been to me. When I came to program, I did not know anything about the 12 steps, but I had been trying to help a family member with his addiction to um, opiates. And I didn't know anything about the 12-step program. So I went to a bookstore looking for the big book. Didn't find the big book, but I found a Bible that took Bible passages to illustrate, describe, and elaborate on the 12 steps. So when I found my sponsor, I told her that I had this Bible and that I wanted to merge my spiritual life with my recovery life. And would she be willing to work the steps with me following that Bible? And 
she didn't say, oh, no, we can't do that. we got to do it this way or that way. And, you know, and then um, and I don't know how I would have reacted. But, man, I was committed. I did the Bible 12 steps, as the Bible showed me with the Bible passages, and the OA 12 and 12, and the AA 12 and 12, and the passages from the book. So, obviously, it took like a year to get through the steps. But that's how I went about it. And I just took it for granted that she would follow my lead because I had no idea what a 12-step program was or how regimented and structured it was. I had no idea. But she has over 30 years experience in OA, and she didn't come down with the law and tell me this is how it's going to be. It's, uh, you know, it's this way or the highway. She never took that approach with me, ever. And um, I'm so grateful because this beautiful relationship has evolved of our sponsorship. And she is the one person on this earth who I know will love, comfort, and support me unconditionally in a way that I've never experienced in my life ever before. I wish I had her spiritual wit gift that I could do the same for others. But that's what was done for me. An open mind, a willingness to listen. And she said, right. sure, I'm open to learning new things. What a gift that was. And thank you for the gift of recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Irene B. Charles H. Thank you very much for your service, Rebecca. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. You know, let me just keep the focus on me. You know, um, you know, as a sponsoree, right, my career in Overeaters Anonymous, you know, when I, when I was on a cliff, nobody was talking me off that cliff. Nobody had the power to talk. I don't care what podcast I listen to. Um, you know, I, I, I hear a lot of people say, I get a lot of calls. For me, to say something like that, that's ego. I get a few calls, and out of the few calls, not a lot of them um, are desperate. <laughs> you know, I'll know what the paragraph says. You know, I get a few calls. I'm a little candid. I'm getting better with that, but I'd rather cut across the field, you know, than, 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 than waste their time, waste my time, you know, uh, <laughs> because I used to sponsor – during work hours, my wife can't stand Overeaters Anonymous. She say I cheat with her with Overeaters Anonymous. I really did cheat at one time, but now, you know, she's saying Overeaters Anonymous is my lover. And I had to really take a hard look at that. Like, I do all my work while I'm at work, you know, because um, she don't want to hear nothing about Overeaters Anonymous. That's why I don't do things with women. I don't sponsor women, you know, none of that, right? But, 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 you know, and I've, we've severed, you know, I try, I, I hear the meeting, we talk about being friends, but, you know, um, this is not a friendship. This is not a friendship. My life is on the line, emotional sobriety. You know, if you, if you, if you would really take a look into the compulsive overeater's life, we're not doing it because we're holier than thou or we got, you know, yeah, we recovered, but it's not a damn badge. You know, 
I get a lot of calls. You're not that important, Charles. You're just a compulsive overeater trying to stay above water, right? Because life is hard. <laughs> oh, life is hard. Let me tell you, I work these 12 steps to deal with outside issues that I can't bring in a room. And I work the traditions as well. You know, go to business meetings with only two people and one don't have uh, internet service. Then they talk about, oh, you're doing all this service. And then you got to hear, you know, the jitters that he thinks he's all that. No, I just want to keep the thing uh, afloat because I don't like eating at night. Right? I moderate because I can't moderate. <laughs> you know, so thank you, moderators, for, for putting up with us. Um, this ain't about ego. You know, like my friend Pedro say, ego is not my amigo. I'm doing this so I can stay afloat. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Charles H. Nancy P. Hi, this is Nancy P. in West Newton, Massachusetts, right next to Boston. Um, thank you for letting me um, share. So um, I get fired all the time by sponsees. I love my sponsees, and I think I'm friendly enough, like in a Boston kind of friendly way, which isn't that friendly. I actually did ask a sponsee last night what kind of a dog she had. I thought that was very friendly. Um, but sponsees come and go, and only a fraction of mine finish. Maybe they find better sponsors, and maybe they need to go out and get hurt some more. I don't know, and I don't judge. I don't wonder. I don't really care. Um, I always tell them that it's absolutely no problem. I wish them the best of luck, and I tell them they can call me at any time for any reason, and I absolutely mean that. What I don't do is take it personally because it's not personal. They might apologize to me as though it's going to hurt my feelings. It doesn't hurt my feelings. What it does is free me up to take on another sponsee. Sponsees are like fodder. You know, sorry, sponsees, if you're on the line. But, um, you know, when I work with someone, I tell them that what they do doesn't affect me. It affects them. And I had a sponsee who wanted to eat some of her alcoholic foods. And after she picked up a bunch of times and without admitting that she needed to be entirely free of those foods, we agreed to part company. But I don't judge her. I know what it's like. She wanted to put the food down in a process, whatever that means. And she's on her journey. Sponsees lie all the time because they're ashamed or they're frightened. One woman I sponsored hadn't written her fourth step down and tried to wing it. And I told her she had to write it down. She called me out and told me she was firing herself for a variety of reasons. She wasn't ready, and I don't even remember her name. When I work with someone, I'm at work, not at leisure. It's not personal. Personal stuff is for outreach calls. This chapter is, chapter is step 12, and for me, steps 1 through 11 prepared me to do this step, and this step allows me to work all the previous steps. Ebby tells Bill, particularly what is it imperative to work with others as he, is, as he had worked with Bill. So when I was ready, I was single-minded about doing what I was told, and I'm even more on fire today to continue. I never want to go back to sobbing in my car over donuts. And people come to me asking for help, and if they fall off, I don't kick them to the curb. If they want to continue to work, I'm all in. If not, they usually cut themselves loose, and I move on. In step, in, um, there is a solution. It says, how then shall we present that which has been so freely given us? And I was told to do it just exactly the way it was presented to me. I was told that my service work should pinch, it be, should be slightly inconvenient, and I want it to be to keep me just very slightly on edge. I want to be chasing it all the time. If it feels like a comfortable pair of slippers, I'll get lazy and I'll never take them off. I love this life I've been given so much, and I would never judge anyone who falls off or who doesn't want me for a sponsor. How could I? I've been there, and if they don't want to work with me, no problem at all. 
but neither will I wait forever for them to get their act together. There are so many people who desperately, desperately need and want help and want to do the work. They're 10 deep for every person who volunteers for sponsoring. And those are the people who it's my sacred honor to help. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Nancy P. Larry K. Hey, Rebecca. Good morning. Thanks for your uh, for for uh, helping with the meeting this morning. I'm Larry K. Recovered compulsive reader. I um, when I read this paragraph, you know, we're we're talking about working with others, and I and I read about you know the necessity that someone really needs to to want this and so forth. And I my greatest teachers in how to sponsor Harlan's pretty good. <laughs> He's a pretty good example, but I have even a better teacher. It's personal to me. It's the butterfly. I have a ceramic butterfly I'm looking at right now. It's purple. So the beautiful monarch butterfly sponsors, I like to think, through, through demonstration. He just flies around. He pollinates flowers. He seems, he seems like uh, detached from the outcome, really, because he just darts around, moves to no words really need to be spoken. But there's something interesting about the butterflies. See, they do something called puddling. I, I, puddling. They, in fact, a group of these uh, transformed butterflies, they're, they're, they, 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 they gather together in what's known as a puddle club. See, they hang around and, and they drink from mud puddles. We go to sordid places, don't we? You know, the, the, uh, the butterfly was once... Uh, you know, a cocoon, it was a caterpillar, it was crawling around, so were we. And it transforms, and it's a very organic process. And um, I think for me, when, when the fight stopped, when I put my weapon down, when I waved the white flag, it's a different timing for all of us, really. <clears throat> but when I did that, you know what, that cocoon sort of fell off me. It was as organic and easy as breathing. Now, it wasn't, putting the food down wasn't easy, but it was easy. That cocoon just fell off. It was an, or very much an organic process. And, uh, and yeah, I, I don't know that I'm such a butterfly, you know, but I, I keep trying to strive towards that, to pollinate, plant the seed, move on, detach from the outcome, grateful, grace, offering people grace that don't deserve it, because, boy, oh, boy, do people offer me, did God offer me grace for the undeserving, and boy, was I not deserving. But today, um, you know, I have a life beyond my wildest dreams. So when I look at this butterfly, I do have great human examples, but when I look at this butterfly, that's my greatest teacher. So anyways, with that, I pass. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you, Larry Kay. Larry's from Illinois. Rick J. Rick, are you there? We can't hear you. Press star one to unmute your phone or unmute your mute button on your phone, Rick. Well, it sounds like maybe Rick got called away or has technical difficulties. Let's move on to Susie L. I mean, yeah, Susie L. Right. Hello. Thank you so much. Um, hi, my name is Susie L. And um, 
what stood out to me on, on this paragraph is really the, the sentence, to spend too much time on any one situation is to deny some other alcoholic an opportunity to live and be happy. And that is what uh, I used to do in my sickness, that when I, um, I, I spend so much time on one person, on one thing, and then I spend so much time on my food and my binging, and I could not um, realize that this was what was getting me sick, that I tried to change myself so much, change other people in order to be happy, to be somebody that I'm not, and, and not being therefore not being in the present moment. And we, with the program, I learned with my protégés that with some, it works. Some, some of them I will be with for a longer period of time. Only my higher power knows how long. With others, I won't. And I learned that it's, this is totally fine. Yeah, some I can trust my higher power that they have a higher power, and then maybe I wasn't the person, the right person for them to sponsor. And the other way around, they weren't the right proteges for me. And that is okay. There are a lot of other sponsors out there that can be helpful. And um, I can, I, 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 I'm doing this. We are doing this program to, 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 to live, have a better life. Yeah. It's, and so this applies to our life then in the end, that we learn by working with our protégés that we don't need to spend time with people that don't appreciate us. We don't need to spend time with things that actually make us miserable and in order to try to change them and make them, make us thinking we want to do it. Because that just makes us more miserable and in the end it's going to lead us to food again as our solution. And that is not the right solution. It's our higher power. And I think that is so powerful with working with other people um, that not just we can help them, they help us so much more. Um, and therefore, we can change our life. Um, and I live in the present moment now and don't need to be um, in, a, in, a, in, in the future or in the past and try to change something that is actually not supposed to be changed by me <laughs> and yeah so with this I'll pass thank you Susie L before you mute do you want to let us know where you're from oh I am from Austria thank you um Europe thank you so much Susie L from Austria um is Rick J available uh can you hear me yes we hear you now Rick Well, okay. I heard you Sorry there for a that. second. Oh, there you go. I got you again. Go ahead, Rick. I'm having technical difficulties. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Give it a go. Uh, all right. My name is Rick Jay. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Cary, North Carolina. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not cured. And, um, you know, and that was part of the issue for me when – when, um, you know, I was on the other side of this paragraph and, you know, Lauren said that she can see uh, herself and everyone she sponsors. And, and that's um, true for me. Um, yes, I've been the one, you know, who who just couldn't do wasn't ready. I think that's basically if I have to get down to it, um, you know, I wasn't ready to do the work. 
And I was reading um, over where it's uh, on page, um, you know, 59. And, uh, you know, when it's saying, if you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. You know, and, and I would read that for myself, and, and I didn't truly understand what that meant. But I, I know now that when I am desperate enough, when I have, am out of ideas, when I've hit that, that final bottom, when I will do anything to change, when I go from saying yes, but to yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you know, that's the point for me when I can start to change. And, and it took me 20 years in and out of doing this. And so now when I'm on the other side of that, you know, I've offered someone friendship and fellowship and and ready to go to work with them. And if they're not ready, I, I see myself in them too. And I have called um, people and sponsors and, you know, and fellows when, when I've had someone I'm working with to go out and, you know, and they'll just say let's go to page 96 <laughs> and we read that together and and I get to rem- remember it's it's not about me uh, getting someone abstinent it's about me just carrying the message for someone who's willing to go to any length and I am so grateful that now I am willing to go to any length and the door is open and I've I've had sponsees leave and then come back and then work this program in a way that they didn't do before and that's what I did I don't want to leave before the miracle happens and sometimes people do but that doesn't mean that that miracle is not there waiting for them all I have to do is to be ready and willing to go to any length to get it you know like it says you know uh, what an order I can't go through with it a lot of us say that. I said it, and they can't. They're not ready. It's okay. If you're ready and you really want what we have and you're ready to go to any length to get it, then you will. If not, you won't. That doesn't mean that I I don't care about right. you and I'm not here for you. Anyway, with that, I pass. Thanks, Rick J. Phil M., Hello, Rebecca. Thank you so much for your service. This is Phil M. from Northern Ireland, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I was in OA for seven years um, before I discovered the vision way of doing it. And um, I was terrified of sponsoring anyone and messing them about. Um, And it did send me back uh, into the food um, for, for the last major, major relapse in uh, September 2019. And thankfully then there was a retreat in Ireland and um, I got my current sponsor um, around then and I've worked the steps with her twice. Um, Since completing the steps the first time, I have sponsored many women. And the great news is that they all got through the steps with me. And that is a fib because no, they didn't. And it has been very painful at times, um, but I did have the support and the wisdom of my sponsor um, who, you know, um, helped me to cope with it and recognised, you know, that it is a painful process for sure. 
And I've had, uh, in my time, I've had many sponsors and each of them have been great and they have been actually perfect at that particular time. I'm grateful to each and every one of them. I absolutely am. Um, so when I, I'm working with the sponsees and it's clear that, you know, they're, <clears throat> they're not kind of doing, doing the tasks that would be set, I would have the conversation, you know, and I never enjoyed having it, but I would ask them, how's it going? And pretty well most of them would recognise, you know, that, that, that they're not committed in, in the particular way that, that I had to be. Um, and uh, then they, they our, our paths would part and, and uh, amicably. Um, my ego would take a bashing for sure. And I would think that I wasn't enough. I hadn't done enough, whatever. But I have to face the fact that I can't be everyone's cup of tea. Um, and some days I'm not even my own cup of tea, uh, to be honest. Um, so I <laughs> I thought that my sponsees were going out into the outer darkness away from the light that was me. <laughs> like, how arrogant was that? No, their path is just different. It's not mine. It can't all be the same. And my path does work for some. And uh, today my current sponsee is working so hard. Um, but just is a joy. It makes my life so easy. Um, I've had gorgeous sponsees and it's been a huge privilege. And I still have these beautiful, bright women, loving women that I'm learning from every day. Um, that also includes the women who whose path crossed mine and were sponsees for a while. Um, oh. It's been a huge privilege. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Phil. Um, if you haven't shared on A Vision for You on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the first paragraph on page 96 in the big book, do not be discouraged if your prospect through of their chance, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Can I go to you? Okay, wait, I got gotcha. you. Okay, before anybody else talks, the first person, was it Margot T? No, it was Seneca T oh, in Fort Worth. Seneca T. Mm-hmm. And was there someone at the same time as Seneca that sounded like Margot? Linda D. Was it you, Linda, speaking at the same time as Seneca? I think so. I'm not sure. Okay, gotcha. Okay. And um, was there someone else who was trying to give their name that I didn't catch? I have Seneca, Kelly, Jen, and Linda. Who don't I have? Or who would like to share that hasn't spoke up yet? Serena. Serene F or F. Okay, Seneca T, Kelly, Jen, Linda, Serene. Seneca T, go right ahead. Hey, good morning. This is Seneca T in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, You spell my name S-E-N-E-C-A. And um, I lovingly go by the name Harriet because Harriet Tubman is a 
icon of mine. And she once was uh, quoted as saying, I would have freed more slaves if they only knew that they were slaves. And that is me in the food uh, when I am active in addiction. I'm recovered today by God's grace, mercy, and goodness. And the passage that says, do not be discouraged if your prospect does not respond at once. What this is telling me is that there is a gift of desperation that can only be given by God. Desperation is a gift. And that is only received in awareness by God. It doesn't matter how. It matters that I get desperate enough to work the steps and see that the steps are a way out of the hell of overeating, of undereating, of trying to control anyone else. So it, it's, it's just telling me don't be disheartened. Do not lose heart for those that don't grab hold of this program the way that I have, that there is something greater at work, that we are all on this journey together. We are all escaping the hell of the food in one way or another. We, are, we may just be gaining a revelation of the next step that is to be revealed for us because no one knows how this day will end. This reading tells me to continue to carry that message, to continue to trust God, clean house, meaning my side of the street, and offer help to others on that road that you, and, and that I will find somebody, a worn-out friend, somebody that has been dusted by this thing just like me that is so desperate and grateful for me being alive and well in this program. To keep, to keep chasing someone, it means that I have jumped off my side of the street and onto theirs. What the heck? I can't free nobody from this. I can only offer that underground railroad to freedom that this program offers. It's not my business exactly how they recover. It matters how I stay recovered. Meditation, prayer, acknowledging that God has granted me the gift that this program is saving my life from food, my life without food. My life with my family, friends, in this program is a flimsy reed that is held out to me and that I survive. If we are working this program alone, it only matter, it's only a matter of time until we find out that it's a we program. It's not a me program. My experience is that once I was flying high, woo, I get it. I'm out of here. Thanks for the magic wand. Bye. Mm-mm. That's why I was in relapse five times. And now I realize it's to keep working this program. And it's telling me spending too much of my time on any one situation is to deny myself and someone else the opportunity to see God working and to practice gratitude and awareness and surrender and live with laughter and a song in my heart because I'm free today. I'm free today. And it's only because I'm working this program. So it's, 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 it's saying take light this load and realize that in awareness, that is my personal gift and that I need to keep holding out my hand 
to somebody on this road because it will wear you out. If you are truly a compulsive overeater like me, that gift of desperation is real. And you don't have to force that down anybody's throat. God knows what God's doing. God is a masterful teacher. And it's wonderful to be here with everybody on this program today. Thank you for letting me share. I'll pass. Thank you, Seneca T. Kelly, uh, and Seneca T from Texas. Kelly, what's the first initial of your last name and where are you from? Kelly S, Tulsa, Oklahoma. S as in Sam? Yes, S as in Sam. Kelly S, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thanks for your service, Rebecca. It's Kelly S, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, And my name is spelled with an E-Y. So um, I really wanted to share on this paragraph. First of all, I just want to say I'm so grateful for the um, authors of this book, Bill W., because, you know, being reminded, selfish and self-centered to the extreme, they put these paragraphs in for people like me because, you know, I still think everybody's behavior has to do something with me. Um, I wish I was weller, you know, and uh, I am weller, but, you know, I still tend to go there. And so I need to be reminded that it doesn't matter what I do as a sponsor, you know, it's about God. But um, one reason I wanted to share on this paragraph is I was reading um, this paragraph yesterday, and um, I've been in this program almost 39 years, and I am still amazed at how many times when you read the literature, I'm like, hey, wait a minute, when did that sentence get put in here? You know, um, so the one that really stood out to me was, to spend too much time on any one situation is to deny, to deny someone or some other alcoholic an opportunity to live and be happy. And I was like, wait, nowhere in this paragraph does it say I'm denying them an opportunity to be abstinent, um, free from food, which is what we come in here for, and I get it. But that was the problem. I didn't understand for years. I thought that was the goal. You know, I wanted to be abstinent and free from food. You know, it's like I finally, finally, decades later, realized, you know, I'm putting down the food so that I can live and be happy. So, you know, that was like, wow, you know, that's what we're really offering here. And I wanted to say that to the newcomer, too. There, there's an opportunity here for you to put down the food and live and be happy. That was the thing. I put down the food for years. But to live and be happy for years, that was a promise that I needed to hear. You know, and I just have to remember as a sponsor, constantly, constantly getting, needing to be reminded that, you know, the disease is a great persuader, you know, and it's not about the fact that the person may not, they may want to stop eating, but are they willing to do the work? And all I have is what works for me. That's it. And, you know, I have to remind myself, I don't chase after people, but when I continue to hear them doing the yes, but, yes, but dance, that's when I have to remember to let go and realize, you know, God has a plan for them took me, you know, like, uh, okay, so I am seven months out of relapse, right? I've been here for 59, wait, I'm 59, almost 59. I've been here for whatever I got here when I was 20, 39 years. I can't do math this morning. Took me a long freaking time is the point of that conversation. So everybody has their path, right? I had to be willing to quit saying yes, but take action, be desperate and surrender. It's two components for me, desperation and surrender. And no more yes, but. And I have to remember that for my sponsors. They all have to have their own path. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you, Kelly S. Jen, is it Jen A? Yep. 
It's me. Good morning, Hi. Rebecca. Jen A. <laughs> Thanks for your service. Jen A. Recovered in Colorado today. Um, so grateful. Um, you know, I was just thinking about uh, I first got recovered in a face-to-face meeting, um, not on the phone lines. And so my experience was a little bit different because I walked in to a face-to-face meeting and people were there. And, and you know, I wasn't desperate when I came in. Um, and, you know, the man um, who sponsored me, he still um, was patient and tolerant and loving and kind at times um, in those meetings to me. And he always spoke to me after the meetings and gave me his time. And when I was really desperate, he gave me all of his time. He gave me every Saturday morning um, for two and a half years um, before that face-to-face meeting for an hour. Um, but, you know, it wasn't, he wasn't mean to me. He just, you know, if I had something that I needed to talk about, we talked about it. And, um, but when I was really ready, I called him. And I dug in entirely to this program. Um, so he was a good example to me. And then, you know, that's where, I, that's where I first started sponsoring was in the rooms. And people would raise their hand and they'd be looking for someone to take them through the work. And I would stay after and I would chat with those people. And, you know, what was really interesting is people would leave and people wouldn't come back. Like, I don't know, I don't know who's here and who's not on the lines this morning. But I know that the faces and the people that left and, and didn't come back. And then there were people who came back who are desperate. And the tears ran down their faces. And they cried with despair saying, help me. And, and I sponsored a girl like that face to face. And it was a beautiful sponsorship. Why? Because she gave me the opportunity to grow spiritually. Um, You know, I I wasn't useful when I came into this program. Um, I had zero humility. Um, And so what this program has taught me is as I guide others through this process, um, I am useful based on my experience, strength, and hope. And um, I pray that, you know, that by the grace of God, that I have a little more humility today than when I walked in. And so, you know, for me, I'll just have to say that, um, you know, these instructions to leave a person alone, it's in red in my big book. And I just know that if somebody's not ready, they're not ready. I wasn't ready. So, you know, why try and drill it into somebody? Why try and pound it? And I think so many times how my parents did that to me, they tried to pound things in. Don't do this. Do this. Don't do that. Did it work for me? Not really. You had to have your own experience, right? Um, And, you know, we just keep doing it. My timer's up, Rebecca. Thanks for letting me share today, and I'll pass. Thanks, Jen A. Um, Linda, if you're unmuting before you share, it turns out we only have four minutes left, and there's two of you, Linda and Serene. So if you could each take two minutes, maybe. Thanks. Go ahead, Linda. And the first initial of your last name. Good morning. It's Linda D. So very grateful and thrilled. Gratitude filled uh, to be a recovered compulsive overeater. When I came to this program almost 40 years ago, I was a tormented child in an adult body. And today I'm recovered. It's the most astounding, thrilling journey to be a human being who finds a higher power. 
I was an atheist. So this power really had to show up. It did. It does through this book, through the help of all of you. And it's wonderful to help other people and let them find their own way. If I can find my way through the grace of God, they can find their way in their own time. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Linda D. And Serene S. Or Serene F. You do have three full minutes. Oh, good morning. Uh, uh, It is Serene S. S is in Serene. Um, Thank you, Rebecca, for your service um, on a compulsive overeater in recovery. I have to practice step 12 and not expect to get it perfectly or right. Every human being is different. But I've been taken through these steps, and by the grace of God, I had a problem with God. And so I had a big problem when I came into the halls. And I would seek comfort in food. And I used food. I medicated with food. And when I take somebody through the steps, as I've been taken through the steps, it's such a gradual process, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. And you know what I learned about myself? I like to be needed. I like to be needed, and I like instant gratification. And I get from God a lesson that that doesn't work. It's not about me. I I love how we use the word guide. I can guide them through this so that they have a spiritual experience and a spiritual awakening and become neutral. Um, I don't food sponsor people. I just step guide people. I use the instructions. But I have to watch my character defect, which I didn't even know I had as a result of this work, that I like to be needed, I like to be uh, depended on, I I like all of that, and it's ego. And through the 12th step, I get to practice just really moving me aside and keep going through the directions. Uh, Somebody recently said, we have to remember that it's came to believe. I can't go, why don't you believe? Why don't you do this? It just doesn't work. And so my humility comes from the practice because I didn't sponsor people for quite a while. And I'll just wrap up. I was too afraid, again, self-seeking and going to the fear prayer, using the the book to free me from that so I could be of maximum service. I didn't sign up for that in the beginning, (laughs) you know, but even when sponsees fall off and they slip or they don't call or they're not on time, I I can release them with love. I can can give it a shot for a while, but I don't want to do more work than they do, and I also learn to hold people lovingly to account. And that's what I get continually um, by, by doing um, the step work with a sponsee because it's my step 12. Uh, but the purpose is so that they grow a relationship with a God they didn't have before or a higher power they didn't have before. And I get to watch and continue to expand my God consciousness in that way. Thank you so much for the two minutes. Serene, oh, I think she already muted i don't know where she's from she may have said um oh uh new hampshire new hampshire oh, oh thanks serene you did hear me great thanks yeah. serene s from new hampshire and serene was our last person to share um 
Thank you everyone for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, um, Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern time is 18,015. That's 18015. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Phil M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Hello, this is Phil M., gratefully recovered compulsive overreader from Northern Ireland. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the one who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you.